here is the episode that I have been working on for quite some time. Now, it's not outlined and bullet-pointed and all the other fun stuff that I wish it could have been. Um, I've spent the majority of my time researching, um, going out and getting resources. Uh, and in fact, uh, it, it took quite a bit of time to come up with a, a comprehensive argument from the person that I was debating. So if you don't know, I had debated somebody on Twitter a while ago, and the debate lasted for uh, about a month. And uh, if you've ever debated on Twitter and, uh, and it lasts a month, uh, you've got quite a bit of information to, to search through. So anywho, um, it actually took me quite some time to come up with, uh, I think, an honest look at what they were saying, like I said, a comprehensive argument altogether. And, uh, and so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through his arguments. Uh, I'm going to take my trusted source that I have um, and any other information that I've come across besides that. Uh, now, the, the person that I went to is a theologian. I don't want to give away his name, but um, he's, uh, he's a good dude. He's somebody I've been, I've been going to for... Oh, I don't know, 15 years. Um, he is steeped in the church, very, very knowledgeable. And uh, so I'm, gonna, I'm going to be reading much of what he has to say. I'm going to be including what I have to say. Um, and just to try to come up with an outline for all of this. I mean, if I was a professional, if this was what I did all the time, then then you'd have that. But uh, I've got two-day jobs. <laughs> I've, I've got quite a bit that... Um, that I have to do as well. So, anywho, I'm gonna I'm gonna read through it and uh, answer as I go by each argument, and uh, and hopefully make this one of my best podcasts. So, anywho, so let's start off. His first argument: Jesus never says that he is God, nor does any of the authors anywhere in the New Testament. If he doesn't rigidly say he is God, then it takes assumption and speculation to claim he is. Uh, my guy's response to that was um, giving me a list of uh, texts where it is explicitly said that he is God. And in fact, um, the first one, now this is going to come in, it's going to be important later. Um, Anyhow, so, verse 1, the word was God. This is John 1.1, 1, 1. Uh, the only son, God, who is God, John 1.18, the Lord and my God, John twenty twenty eight. Um, the Church of God, Acts twenty twenty eight. God blessed forever, Romans nine five. Our great God and Savior, Titus two thirteen. The throne of God, Psalm forty five. And this is Old Testament seven through eight. Throne of God, Hebrews again, Old Testament one eight through nine. Our God and Savior, Second Peter one one. The true God, one. First uh, John five twenty. Also, Jesus can claim divinity without explicitly saying, I am God. And in fact, I've come across a couple of, of uh, different resources in which they, uh, they argue that they didn't have the ability in Aramaic, in Greek, uh, Hebrew to specifically say, I am God. Um, Jesus, now that could be wrong. Uh, I don't know. I don't speak any of those languages. Um, but those are what my sources uh, told me. Not this specific one, but uh, a couple of others. Anyway, so uh, Jesus in the Gospels, 
uh, writers can make the same claim where their immediate audience gets the idea without doing so. Indeed, they did get, indeed they did get the message because they tried to kill him. Uh, they, they attempted uh, the Jews, the, highest, the high priests, not all Jews, but the high priests, uh, Pharisees, Sadducees, all worked together in order to uh, bring um, some form of uh, reason against him in order to kill him. Um, their largest uh, was blasphemy. That's why they went, they, they, they grabbed hold of him, brought him in front of Pilate, and that was the claim in order to kill Jesus, in order to crucify him. Jesus doesn't call himself God in Mark, Matthew, or Luke. Um, sorry, as I'm reading through some of this stuff. It's going to be a little rough in going through this as I'm trying to pinpoint what the guy is saying. Um, no, he doesn't call himself. And this is the biggest thing. He's, he's right. And like I said, uh, I have some sources that say they, couldn't, they didn't have that way of saying that specifically. Uh, and I know that might sound strange. Again, I don't speak any of those languages. I couldn't tell you for certain. Um, but I'll give that to the credit of this guy that I argued. Uh, his name was Richard. I can't remember his last name, but his, his name was Richard. Richard, who I called Dick a few times after he got a little snooty with me, um, I'll, give that, I'll give that credit to him. Yes, Jesus doesn't say, I am God, anywhere in um, the four canonical gospels, no one says, well, I shouldn't say that. Let me, let me take that last part back. But he doesn't say, I am God. That's, in fact, what started this whole debate. Um, and I don't think I saw it in any of the, the arguments that I had with him so far, but this is the one thing that Jesus did say. And, in fact, my sources pointed this out as well, is that Jesus said, I am talking about himself. He said, I am. Now, that is also what God said. God the Father in the Old Testament. He called himself the great I am. Um, and, that might, and, and that might even uh, give a little bit of sustenance to what it was that my... my uh, and I might be explaining that wrong. Again, I am uh, no professional theologian. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, doing this all off of my own research that I've done and knowledge that I've had. Uh, for the past, let's see, 36, roughly 20 years. Um, so, yes, he doesn't call himself God in Matthew, Mark, or Luke. Um, even in Paul's writings, it isn't indicated that Jesus calls himself God. Uh, my guy's response will call him A. A says, Paul, well, let's call him theologian. Theologian says, uh, Paul very rarely records Jesus' words. This is an argument from silence, as in uh, him not having said anything is the argument. From, or, uh, he's trying to make an argument. Richard was making an argument against silence. Um, essentially a pertinent negative. Also, Paul himself clearly claims that Jesus is Yahweh. Uh, Richard says John was written the latest and shouldn't be considered to have the credibility the other three would have because by the time that it was written, it would have been heavily influenced by the other three, as well as the oral tradition of the pro-divinity crowd. Uh, theologian's response, but he has argued that the synoptics don't portray Jesus as God. So if he is correct, 
John should be influenced against Christ's divinity, not for it. Uh, theologian says that Richard is wrong about dating. Even if it were written relatively late, the tradition would have been so set in stone that to change it so radically would have received a major reaction. There would have been something somewhere in which we would have heard that there was a great schism at that point. Um, with uh, with certain parts of, of certain groups, if, uh, if that were the case. Instead, all four Gospels were accepted as early as uh, we can trace it. Richard goes on. Now, given um, these arguments against Richard by, theolo- uh, by theologian, um, Richard, this is after, if, if I didn't make that clear. All the arguments against this... Um, were by somebody who heard these arguments later. So there was, there was no inner, inner, um, any debate between these two. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't write down my responses to him, um, but they were pretty close to a lot of these. Uh, anyway, Richard goes on to say, Messiah doesn't mean God. Yeah, no, it means anointed, or the anointed one. Uh, he he tries to really drive that one home by saying the Jews never believed that the Messiah was to be God, only a political figure and special prophet of God that would be endowed with special powers, and lead the revolt against occupiers of the Promised Land and kick them out. Um, theologian responds uh, to, uh, to 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 read for everybody to read a book called the Jewish Gospels by Daniel Boyer. Boyerin, B-O-Y-A-R-I-N. This is a Jewish author who be, who believes that the Gospels, including claims of Christ's divinity, would have been would have found a place in first century Judaism. Another piece of evidence is that the Essenes seem to believe that the Messiah would come um, would come would become a Melchizedekian, and base, um, that was an order of priests. Um, and that he is identified as Yahweh. Um, Q11 Melchizedek? Q11. I think that's a, a passage that he was trying to call out. Oh, Lord. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, if you ask somebody like Ben Shapiro, um, that's his stance as well, is that the Messiah uh, wasn't to, to be God. Um, but this is my argument against all of that, is that when Christ came, he started teaching all of the Pharisees and Sadducees. He started calling them out for their hypocrisy. Um, one of the big things that uh, they point out um, that they try to get Jesus with is divorce. They come up and say, um, is it right for man to divorce his, uh, man to divorce his wife? And uh, they bring up the fact that Moses gave them a bill of divorce. And Christ said, uh, basically came up and said, because of your hardness of heart, he allowed you to, to, uh, to give your wives a bill of divorce if you didn't want to be married to him. But then he goes back to remind them that God made them male and female. And what God has put together, no man should put asunder. Um, Christ came and taught what the actual teachings were. Um, which is far different than what the the Jews thought. What what they um, and and by the way, what thousands of years of them 
excuse me, sticking to tradition, to a certain tradition, um, led them to later believe. Uh, that's why that that's what Christ was doing with all of the main um, Pharisees and Sadducees, uh, because they had so many of them had become priests. This is kind of relevant to today. So many of them had become Pharisees, Sadducees, priests, um, but didn't believe in God. And uh, and again, what's relevant about that today? How many how many priests do I, do we have in the Catholic Church that uh, seemingly certainly those who have abused children and, and uh, minors, um, they, can't, they can't possibly, this is what I've tried wrapping my mind around for the longest time, they cannot possibly be Catholic. They cannot possibly be Christian. Know all of these things that I know, and they should know much more than me, especially those who have learned in Rome, um, to know all of that and still choose to abuse, not only abuse, but to cover things up as if God's somehow going to turn a blind eye to them. Um, so my point is, is that Christ came down to teach them the actual way where they had already strayed off the path. It had, be, it had become a, a learned thing, a, something that they had taught one another. And, um, and so it, it shouldn't blow your mind that they assumed that the Messiah was just going to be some political leader, maybe even a political leader who had some superpowers and not actually God. And um, the, the whole point is that all of these, these um, quote-unquote righteous and, and, and holy men got it wrong. They didn't realize what Jesus was. That's the, that's the whole point of all of it, is that he was God, and, and that was basically his whole, um, his, whole, his, his whole mission, not his whole mission, but his whole time uh, preaching. That's what was happening, is that he was trying to point that out. Like, you guys got it completely wrong, and I'm here to set the record straight. Uh, Any Hazel, here we go. And in reference to anointed one, anointed only means chosen by God, just like Messiah. Uh, the first followers would have been steeped in Jewish traditions and would have understood it this way. His argument is not at all. My argument would be the same, and that Richard is basing this off of assumption. He does that quite a bit. This is what you get when you have a uh, somebody who tries to lord their intelligence over somebody else in a, in a debate. They start talking on things that they don't know about. I do this, and this is how I know it. Um, they start talking about things that they don't know about, and then when they can't back it up with actual empirical data, they use assumption. Richard goes on to say, Son of man and son of God do not equate to God. This is the understanding that this is the title that Christ called himself. Son of God, Son of Man. I'm sorry, um, Son of Man, but then he's also labeled Son of God. Uh, son of Man and Son of God do not equate to God. The title in and of itself doesn't indicate equality with God or being God himself. Roman emperors, pharaohs, and a lot of people in Scripture call themselves Son of God. Chinese emperors were called Sons of Heaven. Now, I don't give a shit what the Chinese emperors wanted to call themselves. I don't care. I don't even give a fuck what the, the pharaohs called themselves or the Roman emperors. Um, he doesn't dick, um, He doesn't point out if it's said, and I can't remember. I assume that maybe he's talking about some Old Testament stuff. I don't remember seeing it myself. I've read through the Old Testament. I'm reading through it again. I don't remember it ever reading it where an, a Roman emperor was called a son of God. 
Um, same with a pharaoh, certainly a pharaoh. Uh, and I, they don't talk about Chinese emperors in the, in the Bible whatsoever. So he's trying to take extra biblical uh, points in saying that. And um, we're talking about the Bible. We're talking about the New Testament. We're talking about Jesus. I don't give a fuck what those other people are saying. Anyway, um, theologian comes back with, notice the qualification title in and of itself, which is true. What he is avoiding is that both titles, especially Son of Man, was interpreted as referring in some way to a divine person. Um, yeah, so it's like saying, uh, what, what can I try and, and equate this to? Jesus refers to himself numerous times as Son of Man. Uh, he is referred to in his baptism, in his transfiguration. And the transfiguration, I want to try and remember that, by the way, later on. Because that's, that's him showing himself. I'll just mention it now in case I forget later. That's him showing himself to his apostles that he is divine. The transfiguration. If you don't know what it is, he took uh, Peter, James, and John up a mountain left the rest of the apostles down, took them up a mountain. When they got to the top of the mountain, he turned around. His face started to shine uh, like the sun. His clothes became white like no fuller could, could bleach them. Um, he was essentially showing them his divine soul, his divine, his divine, his divinity, his divine beingness. Um, and that was a, a massive part of what that was. Um... And then, even in his transfiguration and his baptism, um, God speaks uh, through thunder, through vibration, and um, has them understand that what he's saying is, this is my beloved son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Um, it's a divine sense of it. But he, Richard is going to make an argument here in a, in a bit that's going to try and, and undermine that. His next argument, the resurrection doesn't mean Jesus was God, being that Jesus didn't raise himself, but God raised him from the dead, nor does any of the miracles perform, uh, nor does the, any of the miracles that Jesus performed. So he's trying to say that any, any of the miracles that he performed doesn't, doesn't mean that he's God, it just means that um, God gave him some superpowers, and that he, Christ, didn't raise himself from, um, from death, that God did it. Um, it has always been the teaching that Jesus raised himself from the dead, that he came down to suffer and die, and he take on our sins through that suffering. And then for all that, as an innocent man, um, he died, and he faced death, and then he crushed death, overcome death, and come back to life. So it isn't this, he's this, he's this separate person from God altogether, and that God, God allowed him to suffer and die and then raised him. That's not what this is. Jesus is both fully God and fully human. He's not this demigod like uh, Hercules. He is both fully God and fully Jesus, or uh, fully human. And so he must suffer in his human way. And then once dead, um, use his, his uh, um, divinity and crush death and come back to life. Um, it's for that purpose that he came in the, in the first place. So, uh, where was I? 
Oh, um, here's uh, theologian's response. How about John two nineteen? I'd have to. I have my Bible here, but um, by the way, Jesus does perform miracles that were ascribed in the Old Testament to God alone. See Petre, P I T R E. That's an author. I've never read his stuff, but in case you want to look it up, um, there's a little bit of evidence there. In case you'd like to. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to open up to John two nine. Almost there. Hold on for just a minute. John 2. Now, I am using a St. Ignatius Bible. It is um, the only Bible that I will use. Uh, everybody got their, their Bibles from the Catholics. Okay, If you're going to use a book, why would you dare use a book in which other people have um, fucked with it, basically? And I'm not saying that they, they did it with ill intentions. I'm not saying that at all. I like my Protestant brothers and sisters. Um, however, uh, I would not take their, their book um, over this book, if that makes sense. I'd still consider their Bible holy. Uh, I wouldn't spit on it or rip it up or anything like that. However, this uh, the Catholic Bible is where I would get my information. Here we go. So what was it? 219. Here's 2. We're going to go to 19. Jesus answered them, destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Oh yeah, good point. See? He even points out that he will do it. It's not the only time that he says it. I'm actually reading through Matthew, Mark. Uh, I'm reading through Mark right now, and he says the same thing. In fact, they just went over that. And uh, they say it at the end. Um, a couple of people point out that's, that's something that they brought against him. One of, the, one of the attempts to bring something against Christ is that they go, Oh, you said that you would destroy the temple and that you would bring it up in three days. He wasn't talking about the physical temple. He was talking about his own body. Um, Richard goes on to argue forgive, forgiving sins doesn't mean he was God either the book of Matthew and other scriptures grants men the authority to forgive sins um, he doesn't he, he, I, I started asking him at this point if he had read the New Testament if he had even read the Bible because he's saying this shit and it just doesn't make a lick of sense and what he's saying. He's saying this stuff, and I know that he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. If he's ever read through the Bible, um, I, I assume, um, because I feel like I've, I've known people like this before, that I've debated like this before, who, who've taken what somebody else, they've taken hearsay, what somebody else has told them, and they went with it without second-guessing it, without going to the, the initial source in order to find out for themselves. Um, Matthew does not grant men the authority to forgive sins. What he's talking about there is Christ gave them the authority to forgive sins. He's talking about the uh, the apostles. Christ sent his uh, his twelve apostles out to uh, in groups of two to go spread his message, and um, he granted them the authority in order to go out and have authority over over. Um, evil spirits to forgive sins, things of that nature. Um, but it has always been known in the Old Testament, in the New, that the only person that can forgive sins is God. That's it. And so this is actually um, one of the biggest points against Richard's argument that Christ isn't divine. In fact, the, one of the biggest points to prove that Christ was divine, that he was God. 
is that he can't forgive sins. And, and again, this was the, the main point that the high priests tried bringing against him, the high priest Caiaphas, uh, as well as the Pharisees, Sadducees, and, um, and everybody else who was on their side uh, against Christ. They kept pointing out that he was, he, um, was blaspheming, as in calling himself God. Uh, that he was equating himself to God. That was their main point. So this whole idea of, of Christ uh, not being God because he didn't specifically say that, he didn't have to. Um, however, he did. He equated himself with God quite often uh, to the point where uh, the, the opposition um, took notice and to the point where it was enough for them to finally uh, go after him and, uh, and, and put him to death. <clears throat> so, uh, him saying forgive, forgiving sins doesn't mean he was God. Yes, it absolutely does. This is, a, this is something that this guy just, he, he, I don't know if he's, he was hurt, if he, if he had you know, too many girls that broke his heart or something, and he quit trusting shit, but uh, he's read this, or at least he's known of this idea, and he doesn't want to believe it. Um, Mark 2, 7. Why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who but God alone can forgive sins? That is exactly what I was just talking about. That is the Old Testament. That is all through the Old Testament. The only one that could forgive sins was Christ. Christ then gave the authority after him. Up until that point, he was the only one. God was the only one that could forgive sins. Up until Christ came, did what he needed to do, uh, suffered, died, was resurrected, sorry, resurrected himself, then he granted uh, the full authority for the church to forgive sins. That's why we have confession. Um, and it's not that we are God, it's that he gave us the authority. Christ didn't have just the authority given to him by God. Christ was God, and he had the authority already in order to forgive sins. Um, yeah, here goes Richard again. Saying God granted some men powers or power to grant men's, men powers is not the same as saying that they are God. Richard's, or I'm sorry, theologian's response. They said only God can forgive sins. Jesus forgives the man's sins and heals him. Something more difficult than uh, forgiving sins. So what happened was, um, who was it? Christ was at uh, one of the temples, and there was a guy there. It was a Sabbath. Oh, and this is here's another point. It was a Sabbath, and uh, the Sadducees and Pharisees and high priests were all there watching, um, seeing what was happening. Christ called up a man with, a, I think it was a withered hand. I'm pretty certain I just got done reading this part. Uh, I think it was the guy with the withered, withered hand. And Christ had him come up, and, um, and he knew uh, what the high priests were thinking. Uh, they wanted to see if he was going to heal on the Sabbath so that they had something against him. And he looked at the man, and he said, uh, no, this was a guy on a, on a, this was a paralyzed guy. I'm sorry. I apologize. Not withered hand, paralyzed. And he looked at the guy who was paralyzed, and um, he said, uh, he basically said, I forgive you your sins. That's when they came in and saying, who but God can forgive, uh, who but God alone can forgive sins. And Christ knew, as, the, as he heard them over say this, and he said, 
um, he said, I think he said, I'm paraphrasing here, something along the lines of, uh, it's easier to forgive sins, but that you may know that, that uh, the Son of Man is Lord even over the Sabbath. Uh, he then went on to, so basically forgiving was easier than healing somebody for him. So not only is he going to forgive this guy his sins, he also healed him. He told him to uh, take up his mat and walk. Um, so let me, let me say that all again. So that you may know that the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Fuck it, I'm going to open this bad boy up again. Go look for that part. That's going to be a little bit longer to take a smoke break, if you will. Uh, cleanse your leper. God dang it. See, I don't have this one point. This is actually a really, really good point that I wanted to make um, when I saw this. And it's not just this, there's a couple of other parts too. Um, some of the biggest parts that prove that Christ is, in fact, God. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Matthew. Heal the pillar. Okay, here we go. So, this is Matthew chapter 9. And getting into a boat, he crossed over and came to his own city. And behold, they brought to him a paralytic, lying on his bed. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Take heart, my son, your sins are forgiven. And behold, some of, the, some of the scribes said to themselves, This man is blaspheming. But Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why do you think evil in your hearts? For which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he then said to the paralytic, Rise, take up your bed, and go home. And he rose and went home. When the crowd saw it, they were afraid, and they glorified God, who had given such authority to men. Oh, that's what he's trying to say. Yeah, so that was the assumption. That, so what, what that just said is that, that the people praised God because he had given such authority to men. Well, nobody else could forgive sins. It wasn't... See, even up until that point, they didn't understand his divinity. They didn't understand him as being God. Um, which is why, as I pointed out a while ago, that I really wish the Pope would have explained a little further to the Protestants, is that um, when Christ died on the cross, up until that point, nobody thought he was God. I mean, there was very, very few, obviously his own apostles, but even then, they lost faith. When he, when he died, they lost faith. They were fucking bumming. And then when he was resurrected, when uh, Mary Magdalene and another woman came running into the, where they were and said, uh, uh, the, the, the tomb is open, Christ isn't there, uh, an angel spoke to us and told us that he is alive, they fucking lost it. John, his favorite, his best friend John, and Peter took off to the tomb, um, got there, and there was no more Christ. They saw that the rock was rolled away and an angel spoke to them as well. So that's what the whole thing is. Nobody really knew that he was God. They didn't understand it. As the Pope said, Christ dying on a cross, humanly speaking, humanly speaking, was a failure. Because to us, we didn't think, we didn't know that he was God. We didn't know that that's why he came. We didn't understand it as such. 
until later. Then, as in retrospect, we look back and we go, oh, shit, he was God the whole time. Fucking sweet twist. You know what I mean? It was a long tangent. Oh, but that actually wasn't even the, um, that was not the verse I was even looking for. Because the verse that I was looking for, he talks about being Lord of the Sabbath. And it's the same thing. Um, he heals somebody basically in a temple and, uh, he heals them on a Sabbath and, uh, the Pharisees and Sadducees freak out and, uh, he points out again, so that you may know that the son of man is Lord, even of the Sabbath. Oh, that's another thing that he talks about. He calls himself Lord. Um, that, I think that'll come up later here. Uh, this is going to be a long podcast. This is probably going to be a two hour one. Uh, fairly easy. I'm not even, this is 30 questions long. I'm at five question mark. No, I'm at six, six or seven, something like that. So anywho, um, so he calls himself Lord. Um, again, it's the using of a term that other people have used. And actually this one has been used for other people in calling people Lords. Um, he calls himself Lord, but he calls himself Lord in a way that isn't like any other any other person. He's a prophet like no one else, basically. Um, he is God. He is Lord of Lord, King of Kings. Um, another point that I want to I want to make is that <clears throat> um, they talk about God's kingdom. Well, Christ talks about how He will come into His kingdom. He doesn't say it's just God's kingdom. He calls it his kingdom as well. So it's another point in which he's pointing out I am God by not specifically saying I am God. All right. Let's see if I can stay on track. Sorry for getting off on these tangents. But now I do understand what he was saying in, in saying that Matthew grants me. Matthew, again, it doesn't... Um, Matthew and other scriptures grants men the authority... No, that's not what was said. What was said was the people believed that God granted men authority to forgive sins. That's not what was actually happening. Does that make sense? So the, so it wasn't the author was, was um, saying that or that it was an understanding that everybody believed or that even Christ was saying that, that um, God granted men the authority. That's not what it was. Christ had the authority. They didn't understand it that he was God. <sighs> All right, so let's see. They said God to forgive sins. Healing, do, 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 do. Jesus gives the apostle authority to forgive sins. Um, the theologian response to that, yet yeah, this is not a claim to be God. They said, all right, so I'm going to reread this. Sorry, they said only God can forgive sins. Jesus forgives the man's sins and heals them, something more difficult than forgiving sins, yet this is not a claim to be God, question mark. It's true that afterwards, the same people praise God and that the, oh, fuck, he talks about it. The same people praise God that the authority to forgive sins was given to men, but this doesn't help his argument. They could only have the authority from God, and in John twenty twenty one through 23, Jesus gives the apostles the authority to forgive sins. All right. Um... Questions or uh, argument six. This is by Richard. If you see me, you see God. Is not claiming is not a claim of being God. So if you don't know what this verse is, 
Uh, I don't think he says specifically that. I think this was a paraphrase of some sort of just kind of getting it mixed up. Uh, misquote. Um, Jesus said, if, uh, if you, I think he said something along the lines of, if you see the Son of Man, you've seen the Father. Um, he is equating. I mean, you can't equate somebody any more than that. You can't equate yourself to something else any more than that. If you see me, you see the Father. Yes, that is a claim of him being God. I don't know why he can't see it. Like, I don't know. I do know. Um, Christ actually talks about it at one point when he speaks about why he gives parables is because people will hear, will, will listen, but not hear. They will see, but not see, if that makes sense. They will, they will hear, but not understand. I think that, 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 that is absolutely what's happened with Richard is that he can, he can read something as, as blatant as that. If you see me, you've seen God. But then turn around and go, well, that's not a claim of him. Yes, it, dude, I don't know how else you can, how, fuck's sake. I get that you need, and this is the thing that I've talked about with atheists. And I don't, this guy tries to point out that he's not necessarily an atheist. In fact, he tries to say that he believes in Christ. Fine, I want him to, good. But I don't know how you got to that. I don't know why you're making this argument. And that is something that I said to him. I don't know why you're making this such a fucking, you're being such an asshole about this. Um, argument seven, the earliest followers viewed the resurrection in spiritual terms, uh, that it was a, that it was symbolic to the dying of the old fleshly self and rising of the new spiritual self as Christ spread, I'm sorry, as Christianity spread and evolved, the resurrection began to be viewed in literal terms, especially once non-Jews got involved. See what I mean? Like, he's going to be all over the place. This is, this is why it was so difficult trying to come up with a comprehensive argument, uh, a, a, a nice, drawn-out, easy-to-understand, or easier-to-understand argument. Um, and in fact, a uh, theologian sits here, and, and he calls it out numerous times. He's like, this guy is all over the map. And I'm like, yeah, try fucking debating this dude for a month. Anyway, theologian points out, this is bunk. The Jews understood a physical resurrection at the end of time. Paul argues that the Messiah must suffer, die, and rise on the third day. This is not a, a different resurrection, but a physical re resurrection. Uh, attempts to spiritualize the resurrection can only be done by restricting the evidence and reading a foreign concept back into the text, which is absolutely right. Um, they all talked about it. I mean, there's non-biblical or non-biblical authors uh, of that time of roughly about. And if you don't know this, Christ wasn't born at zero um, A.D. Uh, he was, I think, he was born in four A.D. and he died, and he was he died at around thirty-five, so it would have been roughly about thirty-nine A.D. Uh, it, it isn't before Christ after death. That's not what B.C. and A.D. stand for. Um, I guess I could look that up. Ah, fuck it. I'm not looking it up right now. But you go ahead and look it up. Not the biggest point to be made. Um, but even writers as early as about 50, 50 AD, I think it is. It might be a little sooner than that. So if he died in 39, 50 AD was only 11 years later, right? <clears throat> um, did I just say that right? 39, 11, 40. Yeah, 11 years later. Um, even non-biblical, non-Christian scholars wrote about Christ having been, an actual person, having been crucified on a cross, okay? Um, take 
excuse me, Islam, Islam, and I know how strange that is to hear me talk about using Islam as a reference. Islam, they even talk about Christ having died on a cross. So this isn't some bullshit about, um, um, wait, that would have been 600 years later. And the council took place at 300. Uh, all right, never mind. Fuck, fuck it. Not, not Islam. Um, I was going to say that uh, Islam was earlier than this argument that you're going to see later on, but uh, it, it actually doesn't work out. Um, no, there are non-biblical scholar or non-biblical authors who talk about Christ having been crucified. So, uh, no, it wasn't a spiritual thing. It was a real deal thing. Uh, argument number eight. The main reason we, modern-day Christians, believe that Jesus is God is because the Roman Empire, by way of Constantine, converted to Christianity, made it the official religion of the empire, put the Bible together with their own agenda, where they created the narrative that Jesus was God, i.e. Jesus became God. This is Dan Brown shit right here. If you've never read the Da Vinci Code, um, and, and you never heard about it at that time, then, then this might be somewhat foreign to you, a foreign idea. Um, this is Dan Brown shit. Dan Brown was, uh, if you've ever heard me talk about Madame Blavatsky, sorry to get into the conspiracy realm, but Madame Blavatsky is, is uh, somebody who, uh, what, within the last 150 years she existed, around the time of Aleister Crowley. Um, she's, she's tried making that point too. She tried to... Uh, um, say that uh, that the idea of Christ being a part of the divinity wasn't um, wasn't a thing until Constantine got his hands on to it. Um, this is something that, and he'll actually mention some of his uh, other scholars that he he um, he refers to who say the same stuff. This is it's just it's bullshit. Um, the and he'll end up talking about. Uh, the consulate Nicaea or Nicaea, however you want to say it, and that that's when they started believing in him. It's it's a load of shit. That's not what the the Council of Nicaea was about or Nicaea. Um, Constantine, it wasn't even Constantine having that much of a of a of an argument in it. And and you'll see later. I'll I'll explain that a little more. Um. Uh, theologian's response, I wonder how Ignatius of Antioch, the disciple of the Apostle John, could write around 108 A.D. So that's his first, that's his first um, disciple, his first guy who um, wrote at, uh, let's see, I think he died around 90 to 110 A.D. So uh, this apostle ended up writing it roughly around the early 100 A.D. Uh, and this is what he wrote. Jesus Christ, our God. Um, it was a letter to the Ephesians, chapter 1. Letter to the Romans, chapter 1. Christ, our God. Letter to the uh, Smyrna, Smyrnians, chapter 10. Our God, Jesus Christ. Letter to the Ephesians, chapter 18. Letter to Polycarp, chapter 8. Uh, God, even Jesus Christ. Letter to uh, Smyrnians, chapter 10. God himself being manifest in human form. This is the things that he said in what chapter you can find it in. Letter to the Ephesians, chapter 19. God existing in flesh. Letter to the Ephesians, chapter 7. Moreover, Constantine had nothing to do with the canon of Scripture, and he absolutely did not. Richard goes on to say, Where before, some of Jesus' earliest followers, those who knew Jesus intimately and others, examples being the Ebonites, Nazarenes, and the Essenes, didn't believe he was God, i.e. divine. 
or I'm sorry, divine, divine. Um, uh, theologian points out, none of these groups knew Jesus, nor were they earlier. Um, this was a, a little aspect of the debate in which he and I went back and forth, uh, where he kept trying to point out that there was early Christians who didn't believe in his divinity. Excuse me for all the mouth noise, but uh, my throat's getting a little fucking parched. Um, no, the, the, there was not like, there wasn't these great big groups. Like he was trying to point out, ah, do I want to give it away? It'll, it'll flush itself out here in a minute, I suppose. Um, these groups did not know Jesus intimately. The Ebonites, the Nazarenes, and the Essenes did not know Jesus intimately. They were not a part of the apostles. They were not... Um, they didn't know him intimately. And uh, what uh, theologian says is, nor were they earlier. So I'll take his word for it. Pretty trustworthy guy. Any hazel. Chapter, or, um, sorry, argument nine. The proto-Orthodox Christians called other Christian groups heretics long before the councils took place and continued doing so after they prevailed at the councils then the Catholic Church was established. Theologian's response, There is a ton of patristic, patristic evidence attesting to Christ's divinity prior to the First Council. This is absolutely true. The First Ecumenical, Ecumenical Council met to reject Arianism. That's what the whole purpose was, which tried to, den which tried to deny that Jesus was fully divine. Um, yeah, in the Arianism, it, um, it was, uh, it was a, oh man, I just, I just went over this again the other day, now I can't remember it. Um, they were, it was a, it was a, it was a bullshit little group that tried saying that, and, um, God, I can't remember, I can't remember exactly all that there was about it, so, sadly, um, I'm just going to, I'm not going to be able to talk too much on that. ton of patriotic evidence, Christ prior to the council. However, that part is absolutely true. There's a ton of uh, patristic evidence attesting to Christ's divinity prior to the first council. For fuck's sake, just look in the, the uh, um, four canonical gospels. Um, argument 10, the councils never had complete consensus, and it took almost 300 years to work out the formation of the Bible. Many books, the Gnostic Gospels and Apocrypha books, were thrown out because they didn't fall in line with a pro-divinity group that won out. Uh, theologian, wrong. The Gnostic Gospels, writ, the Gnostic written, mm, the Gnostic writings were thrown out because they didn't affirm Christ's humanity. Not just that, they didn't make any fucking sense. Not just that, they were written, oh shit, hundreds of years later. Um, the I know that they try to make an argument that, oh, well, the, the you know, the, the canonical books were wrote 70 years later, something, uh, all those things. Uh, my argument that I had ended up making against this was, uh, uh, yeah, no shit. They, they kind of had some shit that they had to deal with, i.e. running from the fucking Jews, running from, from uh, the Romans at that time. Uh, they weren't treated very well. Yeah, the Romans who thought that they were going to um, start a rebellion 
and and fucking come after him. You had the uh, the Jews, uh, and what I mean when I say Jews is the high priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, those in positions of power who could lose that and who were losing that to people going to a different faith. I don't mean all Jews. I don't mean the the lady and the baby Jews. I'm I'm not saying them. I'm saying the uh, the high priests who were anti anti the 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 new way. Huh. Um, and yeah, the Gnostic Gospels were just fucking, they're, they're garbage. You did, try reading them, by all means. To tr- check all the shit that I'm saying. Do your own research, by all means. Um, and I think you'll, and I, not that I think, I'm absolutely certain that if you read the Gnostic Gospels, they are fucking ridiculous. Uh, not just that, the four canonical books fit into one another so well, and none of the other Gnostic Gospels even come close. You think these guys didn't read all that shit, and they were like, yeah, these... Not just that, the four canonical books um, were um, in in pretty concrete circulation within Christianity at that time. Um, of the... the, the, the uh, fucking, what's it called? The Councils. Uh, argument 11. Let's see where I'm at right now because I might have to stop. I got 11 minutes. Argument 11. There were numerous groups before the Roman Empire and the councils that didn't believe that Jesus was God, who had thorough understanding of the scriptures, the letters, and the history of Jesus, and who wanted a comprehensive collection of the works that would support their own views of Jesus. But the pro-divinity group found Constantine's favor, and then the Roman Empire snuffed out the opposition. There was much variance in belief of the groups of Christianity. This is bullshit. Of the groups of Christianity before the Roman Empire and councils. Biblical crit- uh, critics argue the Gospels were written by these same people who viewed the story of Jesus through the lens of their own time and place, and they all had their own agendas in doing so. Theologian argues, wrong. There were still some small heretical groups who wished to remain Jews and denied Christ's divinity. These groups were neither fully Jewish nor fully Christian. I can't remember the name of them, but he's right. They were small and disappeared. Um, man, what were the name of those groups? I can't. Maybe we'll come across the name of, of them later, but um, yeah, he's absolutely right. There's a small group of, of, of uh, people who wanted to be both. Because you got to think about it, dude. You're ostracized. Once you become a Christian, you're completely ostracized um, from the Jews um, at that time. They were having no, no, uh, no insy outsies type shit. So they would kind of like be one way and, and yet also be, try and be another. Um, there's a, there's an, uh, something that Christ talks about where. Uh, he talks about using the words of the pagans or trying to pray like the pagans do. It's basically, or how is it not pagans do? It's it's basically saying a whole bunch of prayers and a whole bunch of different to a whole bunch of different gods, hoping that one you know that your bases are all covered. But what you're doing is you're actually cutting your feet out from underneath you. Argument twelve by Mister Richard: The books of the New Testament were formed in such a way that it would that it would lead the reader to believe that Jesus was God as it went from rabbi, to, uh, rabbi, which means teacher, to prophet, uh, to prophet, to, uh, fuck, let me read, read you this. The books of the New Testament were formed in such a way that it would lead the reader to believe that Jesus was God as it went from rabbi to prophet to Messiah 
to adopted son of God, to son of God, to God, i.e. Jesus became God. Um, I'll get to it here in a second. Theologian responds with this flatly contradicts his early. Oh yeah, this is this is funny. This flatly contradicts his earlier assertions that Jesus and the Gospels never claim that Jesus is God. Now the New Testament books were put together to prove that Jesus is God. <laughs> See what I mean? So he completely contradicts himself here. Where before he said that none of the books do. The New Testament altogether doesn't say that he is God. But now he's saying that it was all formed in such a way um, that... Uh, it leads the the reader to believe that Jesus was God. You can't have it both ways. You can't make. And not only that, he's going to make a couple of other arguments later here that are just. It, it's he's running out. He's grasping at straws. He goes on to say, "This didn't happen, Richard. This didn't happen overnight. The Gospels reveal evolving views of Jesus by different groups over time." Mark has God adopting Jesus at his baptism. The original writing says, You are now my son, today I have begotten you. But now it says, You are my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased, indicating intentional manipulation through transcription. But this doesn't declare his divinity. Luke presents Jesus as God's literal son, but the result of God literally um, sorry, the result of God literally impregnating Mary, but still does not actually um, but still not actually calling Jesus God. John's view is that Jesus is pre-existent and presents him as God himself. The evolving view seems evident. Plus, there is no birth story in Mark and Paul. If it lends credibility to Jesus' divinity, it should have been in all of the Gospels. Also, there is no record of an empire-wide census found outside of Scripture. What he's talking about here is... Uh, the reason that Mary and, and, and Joseph, um, when she gave birth in the uh, in the inn, in the in like the there was no rooms left. She had to go. Uh, they had to go to like this. Ah, uh, fuck! What is the name of it? Where you keep the the like a like a shed or a barn, basically. Um, they were on their way to the the main temple in order to uh, be counted in the census. So that's what he's referring to here. Also, there is no record of an empire-wide census found outside of Scripture and no mention of all male babies, two and under, being slaughtered outside of the Bible. Uh, he's talking about, uh, that's in reference to, um, fuck, not Pilate. I can't remember his name. It's in the beginning of, I think, Matthew or Mark, where um, the it's the story of the wise men and... Uh, they're stopped by who's ever ruling that in Bethlehem. And uh, they tell him that, you know, the new Christ has been born and he wants to kill. And, and then they uh, and then he's like, yeah, go get him. This ruler or whatever sends the wise men out to go get the um, find the location of the Christ and then come back and tell him so that he can go kill him. Well, uh, they end up not coming back and so now he believes he's been deceived and he goes out and he kills in Bethlehem all of the male boys two years old and younger and that's I think in either Matthew or Mark I think it's Matthew uh, so he's that's what he's referring to when he says that there's um, uh, no mention of all the babies two and under being slaughtered outside of the Bible um, to all of that shit I just had uh, oh let me just point this out. 
Uh, where is my paper for it? I think this might be it. Hold your horses. Here we go. Uh, motion made reference to John. So, no, John 1 3. There's a, there's, it's in Mark, and I fucking didn't write it down. Great, and I'm not looking for it. Oh, here we go. Matthew, two times on chapter 22, chapter. Oh, fucking A, I didn't write it down. Anyway, in Matthew, there's uh, three times, or two times, in which Jesus is worshipped by human beings, and he doesn't stop it. The reason that I point out that he doesn't stop it is because in Revelations 5.14, John uh, falls on his face in front of the angel and worships, worships the angel, and the angel tells him to stop it, because he's worshiping the angel. He says, do not do that. Worship God. I am a fellow servant. Worship God. That happens twice. It happens in the beginning of Revelation. It happens again in, I think, chapter 20 of Revelations, where he falls down to the angel again and worships the angel. This is John. This is Jesus' best friend. Falls down and worships the angel again, and the angel specifically tells him to stop that. Um, I'm a fellow servant. We worship God. Worship God. And so, the reason that I point that out is because the times that Jesus is worshipped in Matthew, he doesn't stop it. And not only Matthew, but I think it's... I think there's one time in Mark that it happens. I think maybe in Luke and, uh, and possibly in, in um, John, as I wrote here. Um, but anyway, so he is worshipped. And, and I know especially it is in Matthew. That Jesus is worshipped. It says that verbatim. That he is worshipped. That um, whoever it is, whoever he healed or, or whoever, fell down on his face at Jesus' feet and worshipped him. And Jesus did not stop him. That indicates that he is God. That is a massive point to be made. And so, um, let's see how long I got. I got less than two minutes here. Um... I'll stop there for now. I'll, um, you know what? This is going to be a three-part series. So this will be, this will be the first part. Um, I'll finish this up. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow night, night after, maybe all of the above. We are, we are about a third of the way through. So this is going to be a nice amount um, to go in. I'll have, I'll have, uh, I'll have all three hours here. Um, if it's going to take three hours, hopefully it'll only take two. But uh, I'll try and speed, get a little bit more speed underneath um, trying to get through this. Anyway, I hope you've enjoyed it so far. And, um, well, you'll hear me in just a few seconds. And we're back. Um, all right, so this is actually the next day. And we're going to start off with a couple of passages that I found uh, that, are, that are dandies. Uh, these are the passages that I was talking about last night, um, about one, worship, and two, uh, Jesus being Lord of the Sabbath. So, let's start off first with Mark, I'm sorry, Matthew 2.11, uh, which is going to come up, and going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Boom, right there, there's one of them. 
so that was talking about the three wise men um, who came. So this would have essentially still been roughly Old Testament stuff. And uh, the three wise men who were astro also astrologists, mind you, um, worshipped the Messiah and Jesus. Uh, second, we're going to go to Matthew 28, which I believe is right here, 28, 9. Uh, and behold, Jesus met them, sorry, and behold, Jesus met them and said, Hail. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. As you can see, they worshipped him, and he did not tell them not to, which uh, is exactly what happened in Revelations twice. And so, uh, those are my two examples of Christ being worshipped in Matthew. Now, the reason that I bring out Matthew is because of what Richard, um, Richard, what Richard said, uh, or is going to say, or maybe I already read it, about how the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, were written before John, and the New Testament was formed in a way as to lead the reader to believe, um, kind of guide him through this evolution of Jesus into God. So starting from like man with superpowers into God. And this, um, this essentially... Uh, refutes what he said. Now, we are going to go to Lord of the Sabbath, which only God was Lord of the, of the Sabbath. Uh, we're going to start off with Matthew 12. Here we go. Damn, I'm, I'm on it tonight. 12, 8. For the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So Christ calls himself uh, the Son of Man, and he's referring to himself, for the Son of Man is Lord of, Sa of the Sabbath. This is in uh, uh, the verse, it's chapter 12, um, the first part dealing with, uh, it's titled, Plucking Grain on the Sabbath. Uh, Mark 2, 27 through 28. Uh, let's see here. And he said to them, The Sabbath was made for man, not man for, sa for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. There you go, there's Mark. And now we're going to go to Luke 6, 5. Um, and he said to them, The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. So basically, um, the same exact thing three times. Almost. Almost verbatim. But not quite. Oh, shit. I just, I just lost something. Um, actually, no, I didn't. Here we go. Uh, here's one other verse that's going to, going to become um, relevant at some point here in the future. That I'll just talk about now because I'm already misplacing my markers. And this is in Revelations 14.7. And he said with a loud voice, Fear God and give him glory, for the hour of his judgment has come. And worship him who made heaven and earth, the sea and the foundations of water. So worship the creator. And then we're going to go all the way back. This is actually um, relevant to one another. We're going to go all the way back to... Uh, the Gospel according to John, chapter 1, verse 3. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing, sorry, and without him, not anything 
made that was made. All right, I'll, I'll just begin this whole part in John because this is uh, another key point. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Talking about Jesus. So, um, pretty much all of those points right then and there refute um, basically every claim that Mr. Richard has made. And we're going to start off, I, I believe I stopped at 12, and we're going to start back on at uh, argument 13. Um, so there's my points to back up what I was saying yesterday. Sorry, I didn't have those um, ready when doing this yesterday. Anyway, uh, argument 13. Mark is the oldest gospel. John is the youngest. Paul was written before the gospel of John in Revelations, but the New Testament was put together in a way to influence rather than in a chronological way, which, which would show a hidden false agenda. They were written in such a way to make the narrative seem that the prophecies were fulfilled. Um, theologian's response, right, nice conspiracy theory. It doesn't even make any sense. Um, what did I write here? Attack, attacking the actual writings. Oh, um, so as you can see, now he's starting to get into, like, the argument's kind of morphing into this, um, devolution of of what his premise was into this. Well, now, since you're refuting that first part, which, I'm, like I said, I, I'm not including, I didn't include any of my arguments, uh, which might have made for a better um, read-through. But um, as I was accurately refuting his claims, it's, like I said, his argument started to devolve from his premise into, um, into fringe arguments about in order, in, in hopes to back up his first claims, but he's already been caught in a contradiction in, um, in arguing that none of the New Testament claims that Jesus was God, and then he goes on to say uh, that John is the only one to claim that Jesus is God, but that it was influenced by the others, and then somehow uh, the New Testament was not only um, put together in a way, but also, if I didn't cover it already, written in a way in order to suggest an evolution of Jesus from a human with superpowers into God. Um, hmm. Anyway, argument 14. We can't be sure that the apostles... I'm sorry, we can't be sure what the apostles believed about Jesus' divinity because they didn't write them. The Gospel of John and the letters of Paul were wrote after the others were based off of the oral traditions that were being taught by other Gospels and oral tradition, um, oral traditions that influenced the pro-divinity pro followers of Christianity at the time. Because of this, the earliest followers of Christianity adopted the belief that Jesus was God. They didn't believe that Jesus was God from the beginning. And John's assertions that Jesus is God is not just, I'm sorry, it's just a claim. Um, we'll go with uh, theologian's uh, rebuttal. Now that... Um, He's pointing out uh, sarcastically, now the earliest followers believe that Jesus was God. I thought the earliest followers were these uh, heretical sects and the Essenes. Um, so uh, even at this point, 
theologian is is picking up on the fact that his argument is 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 coming to pieces. And uh, by what I just read, when it came to, and that's why I didn't necessarily use John. The only reason I wrote I read that last passage or uh, the passages of John was basically because I was losing my markers. <laughs> I wasn't going to include them. Um, but I wanted to focus because of this argument. And by the way, yes, I'm playing according to his rules at that time, which I don't suggest doing because unless you're fairly well-versed, playing according to somebody else's rules on their playing field um, will tend to put you in a position where you can't lose or you can't win um, unless you're so overwhelmingly heavily um, uh fluid in your argument and, and, and knowledgeable that you can argue your way out of it and even beat them on their own sides, which I did, I believe I did in, in, in our argument with one another. And not just that, but in pointing these things out, what I just did with uh, worshiping of Jesus earlier in Matthew, and then not only in, in that, but also in Christ pointing out that he was Lord even of the Sabbath, um, being written in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it it goes to point out that what his argument was, um, as I just read in argument thirteen and fourteen, um, is is null and void at this point. Argument fifteen: There were elders of the early, there were elders of the early followers of Jesus who taught the divinity, and those who didn't. Uh, that was a dumb argument. I don't necessarily know why I put it in here. Um, he has no way of knowing that. Uh, there's no writings, there's no there's no evidence to back up what he said in that. Uh, argument 16, as Christianity, as Christianity spread, it fractured. Theologian's argument, rebuttal. No, there were her, uh, heresies even during the New Testament period. Um, but what does that prove? So what he's pointing out is that even in the New Testament, uh, specifically Acts and the letters, and the reason why Paul wrote his letters um, was because there was heretical actions happening at that time in certain churches. And Paul would write to these certain churches. And even in Revelations, uh, Revelations, uh, Christ um, specifically points out seven churches and points, and, and points to each thing that each one is doing wrong and their heresies that are being committed in those churches. So, um, Yes, there were people, again, humans are humans, and humans will human, um, which means that as we are flawed beings, uh, we'll fuck up. And, um, and we were doing it even, and, and it, was, it was even mentioned in the, in the New Testament. Argument 17, no one can prove it either way, whether Jesus was God or not. I think I already did that, so he's, he's incorrect on that. Anything that can't be proven or disproven is subjective which means anything of a miraculous nature, i.e. there is no objective or empirical data that proves anything in the Bible. It can only be taken on faith. Theologian's argument, that's false. It, it also is strange how the Jews kept trying to kill him for claiming to be equal to God. Um, yeah, that's, uh, and, and that's, that's not only written in the Bible. There's also, um, man, I had a list somewhere. Let's see if I can find it while I'm talking. Um, there are extra biblical books written by those who weren't followers of the way in which um, they 
excuse me, um, in which they speak about what happened to Jesus. So yes, there is uh, absolute um, ways to prove that the things in the Bible did happen. In fact, I just saw an article today in which um, divers in the Red Sea, uh, fuck, archaeologists? Yeah, I think that's what you call them. Archaeologists um, were uh, making dives in the Red Sea and they were finding Egyptian um, wheels to their chariots uh, along with, um, fucking what else was it? It was a whole bunch of other stuff that it was traced all the way back to Egypt um, in reference to the Red Sea being parted by Moses, um, who was given that power by God, um, or at least God doing it by uh, um, Moses' request, and then uh, coming back together uh, to drown the Egyptian army who was in pursuit of Moses and the Jews. Uh, let's see. I didn't find that list. I know I got it somewhere. But it's, uh, it includes Josephus. It includes Pliny the Younger. Um, just a few that I can think of. T uh, Tacitus. Uh, the Talmud. Um, there's four references. I can't remember the rest. Um, but yeah, even they, they talk about, uh, actions or, or things that had happened, especially in the New Testament, about Jesus, um, in the Bible, which shows that, yes, you can prove that things did happen in the Bible. So he's wrong on that account, too. Um, the original writings about Jesus, the Gospels, the letters of Paul and Revelations, don't exist anymore and weren't written until several decades after the time of Jesus. They were all wrote and rewrote, interpreted and reinterpreted, translated and retranslated thousands of times and purposely changed to fit certain narratives. Um... Uh, what was I going to say? One, um, the Vatican does actually hold uh, the original trans or, uh, the original copies of some parts of letters from Paul, as well as one or two of the Gospels. I can't remember which ones, and a couple of the letters from Peter. Wait, what did I just say? Did I just say the same thing twice? Uh, a couple of letters of Paul, and I think one or two of the letters from Peter. Um, so they do actually have the original transcripts. Um, theologians rebuttal it. It's false, pure and simple. There is solid evidence that they were written prior. Oh, that was what I was going to say. Is that this is the thing? Jesus, as I mentioned last night, was born in around three or four A.D. Um, he died at roughly about thirty-five. So uh, we're going to mark it around thirty-nine A.D. Um, there's solid evidence that there. Um, there's an argument that, um, the revelations were written somewhere around 90 to 110 AD. Um, oh shit, what was his name? Uh, John, who wrote, so it's uh, the gospel according to John, uh, the letters, I think it's John 1, John 2, and then revelations were all wrote by John. John was in a, a uh, jail on the island of Patmos when he uh, wrote the letters um, and wrote the uh, uh, revelations. That's where he actually had his revelations, his visions, and then wrote them there. Uh, so it's not as if it was hundreds of years later. This, this was within his time frame. He would have been... 
uh, somewhere around 80 or 90 years old when it happened. Um, but, uh, what am I trying to say here? Yeah, uh, no, he's, uh, he's wrong on this. Anyway, um, theologian goes on to say there's solid evidence that they were written prior to A.D. 70, and that they include earlier information that have the earmarks of being intended for accurate reproduction. Reproduction. The New Testament is by far the most reliable of the ancient world. Moreover, the earliest followers of Jesus were willing to suffer and be killed because they believed them and their contents to be true. Not only that, and this is going to come into a point later, is um, this goes in line with uh, a guy by the name of C.S. Lewis. I'm sure you've heard of his work. The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, The Screw Tape Letters, uh, Mere Christianity. Um, I don't think he was a Catholic. However, the Catholics love the guy. He came up with an argument that Christ was one of three things. He was either Lord, lunatic, or a liar. And um, how he points this out is that after his death, you have the 11 remaining apostles, because Judas betrayed him, went and killed himself. He hung himself, so there was 11 remaining. Um, each one of them, after he'd resurrected and went and hung out with him, ate with him, shown himself to over 500 uh, eyewitnesses, um, once he ascended into heaven and the body could no longer be found, the Jews uh, came looking for the the remaining 11 of which they found them and all but I think John was martyred as in they were all killed um, some were crucified uh, some were crucified upside down being St. Peter um, some were beheaded thrown off of buildings boiled alive skinned alive um, one or two of them fed to lions um, all because uh, they would not admit that what they had seen in basically what is told in the in the New Testament um, uh, books at the end of of the of his resurrection that he hung out with them they ate dinner all those fun things uh, they never they never um, fuck what's the word. They never said that those things didn't happen, basically, and they were martyred because of it. They never once went out. I mean, if think about it. If you're getting skinned alive, um, you're going to spit out. If, if it's a lie, if you know where Jesus' body was, if you did go and steal it, you're going to spit out where his body's at. You're going to fucking, the moment, if you've ever skinned a deer, which I have, if you've ever seen how that happens, and then you're getting skinned, if you if you can only imagine... The moment that fucking blade touches your skin, you are shouting out every location you can possibly think of. You are going to give up the goods. Um, no one dies for a lie that they know to be a lie. Plenty of people die for lies that they believe to be true, but no one dies for a lie that they uh, know to be a lie. Um, and that's uh, C.S. Lewis's uh, main argument. It's going to become relevant later. Uh, do, 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 uh, argument 18. The Gospels were written by anyone with... I'm sorry. The Gospels weren't written by anyone with direct knowledge of Jesus nor interactions with him. Uh, theologian's rebuttal. He keeps making assertions without any backing, which he did plenty of times. Although that was on me, I should have asked him for it. 
there's plenty of evidence to the contrary um, that the Gospels were in fact written by people with direct knowledge of Jesus, i.e., uh, the the um, the anti-divinity group of scholars that came up within the past couple hundred years, so roughly 200 years, uh, started making this claim that uh, the, the authors that we know as Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John didn't write it themselves. That it was, And this is actually going to come up here in a minute. That it was somebody else that wrote it and then used their name as authority figures in order to get their stories told. Um, this is hogwash. This is, again, this only came up within the past couple hundred years. Uh, they have no evidence of this. They have no other writings um, 2,000 years ago or, or anywhere 1,500 years ago, uh, fucking 1,900 years ago to, to um, back the, those statements up. Some of the authors of the New Testament were anonymous, penned a century and a half before the councils took place. The DI had five authors and was written in one place over 19 days. Um, do, 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 theologians rebuttal that none of this, even if it were true, says nothing about Christ's divinity or lack thereof. Uh, do, do, do. Yeah, I've never found any any evidence to uh, to back up what he just said. Um, argument nineteen: It wasn't a matter of truth coming out of the consuls, but a faction winning out. Um, so now he's just he's just throwing his argument into the wind. Uh, theologians rebuttal: The councils that approved the canon used antiquity, ubiquity, and consensus as their guide, all of which is a perfectly valid way to determine the original faith. There is no record regarding the voting. Assertion of a majority winning is baseless. I have to concur with that. Um, what's his name? Richard. His uh, continuing argument. Some groups thought Jesus was human, but given special powers by God. Some thought Jesus was just God's adopted son, and some thought Jesus was his literal son. Um, the rebuttal to this by theologian. Yes, this was an attempt to make Jesus more palatable to pagans. It is not Christian. Alright, we're going to be on argument 20. I'm moving by this pretty quick. How much time have I spent? 20 minutes? 23, not bad. Argument 20. Being God's son doesn't mean he is God. Son of God was a common term that applied to kings of Israel, Israel itself, and to other non-Jewish and non-Christian monarchs too. I touched on this earlier about um, um, other people being named this. Sure, uh, other people could have been named this. Okay, big deal. No one, it, it was never used um, in any such a way as it was with Christ. The way that it was used with Christ was to um, perpetuate divinity. Um, not perpetuate, um, was to ah, fucking ascribe, is that the word I'm looking for? Ascribe divinity uh, of Jesus. Just like with Moses. Moses, um, and in fact, it wasn't Moses doing it. It was God told him to do X, Y, and Z. He did X, Y, and Z. And when he would do X, Y, and Z, God would then uh, help him out. He would do certain things. It's not the same with Jesus. Jesus on his own would do things. Like when he calmed this, the storm at the sea. He was sleeping in the boat. The boat started getting tossed around by a squall. 
his, uh, his boys thought they were about to die. They came down, got him, said, Teacher, uh, do you not care that we're perishing? He got up, and just the way that I read, <laughs> I read this story is like, Dude, I am sleeping. Fine. And gets up, and he um, tells the, the winds to stop and for the sea to, to be quiet. And all of a sudden, it works. It can, he controlled it himself. He didn't ask God to do it for him. He didn't pray up to God. He didn't ask God beforehand. Christ did it himself. So, um, yeah, these titles, uh, God's Son, mm, yeah, I guess that was used. It doesn't mean he is God's Son of God. God's Son, Son of God. I want to say one of those wasn't actually used for certain people. Son of God may have been used, or maybe it was God's Son. God's Son may have been used... Ah, either way, even if either one was used, it was used once or twice at at most for anybody. And I'm thinking more so David the king um, was maybe called that. But even then, it was never actually, and I think the word is ascribed, that he was divine or um, anything like that. Where when it comes to Christ, it absolutely ascribes him as being a divine being, being, being God himself. Chapter 21, the resurrection account in Mark, the oldest gospel, wasn't written firsthand. It was based on a growing and evolving oral tradition. Matthew and Luke weren't written in firsthand either, and they relied on Mark and oral tradition. John, which was written around 900 to 110 AD, is a different gospel altogether that is wholly concerned with the divinity of Jesus based off of a false narrative because it was influenced by a well-established belief of some of Jesus' earliest followers that he was God. Um, theologians rebuttal. Jesus proves his divinity by raising himself from the dead. And then all of the other stuff. The fact that uh, we don't necessarily even need the resurrection story in every single book. As I pointed out in Matthew, he was worshipped as a baby. Um, yes, he was worshipped later on when he resurrect when he was resurrected, um, but also that he points out in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that he is Lord even of the Sabbath, as in equating himself to God. Also, in saying, "When you see the Son, you have seen the Father." Same thing there. He's equating himself to God. Not only that, but um, I believe in every single gospel, um, the. The high priests, the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, wanted to put Jesus to death for blaspheming and putting himself equal to God. Um, so, no, that's a, that's a total rebuttal of what he just said. Uh, argue 22, argument 22. It's unlikely that John the Apostle could have even wrote his gospel, his letters or revelations in 90 A.D., at the very earliest, 100 AD at the latest, while on Patmos. He would have been 80, and people didn't live that long back then. Plus, he was in prison, which would have made it impossible to get someone to dictate it to write it for him. Um, I'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, theologian's argument, or rebuttal. This is not to the point. However, Johannine authorship, which is basically dictatorship, I believe, is solid. He wrote both. There is good reason to believe the Gospel of John was written very early and had undergone a second redaction later. This, however, has nothing to do with the passage where Christ is identified as God. All scholars see these are authentic parts of the original. Uh, no, first off, P. 
people did live um, as old as 80. Not everybody, obviously. Many men, were. They were there was plenty of wars back then. There was plenty of slavery. But they didn't have uh, GMOs. They didn't have uh, cancer. They didn't have STDs. They, and I'm not saying that they never had that, but they didn't have it as prevalent as, as prevalent as we do today. They didn't need doctors as badly as we do today. Um, they were much, much stronger, had much cleaner genes back then. And yes, they absolutely did live to be uh, 70, 80, 90 years old. Some 100 years old and maybe a little older. Uh, it was not uncommon for somebody to be 80 years old. And just because he's locked up in a prison, um, Paul was also locked up in a prison in which he had people that visited him often. Uh, Peter was locked up in prison, uh, and people came and visited him too. So this idea that he couldn't have had somebody dictate, um, uh, it's not ghostwriting. It would be uh, the Johannine uh, authorship. I think that's what it's called, Johannine, um, where you have you dictate to somebody else to write down what you what. Uh, what you want them to write down, basically. Um, yeah, he absolutely could have had that. So uh, this idea that that was just an impossibility um, overall is bullshit. Chapter 23. The switch from oral tradition to written happened as a result of the various factions looking to prove their views, uh, looking to prove their views were the correct views. Um, again, this is conspiracy theory with no backing um, or support. Argument 24, um, because he has nothing to back that up, just nothing. Uh, argument 24, Jesus joined the following of John the Baptist, um, which is why John baptized him. Then Jesus became the central figure in a ref uh, Reformation movement with Judaism that had already started even prior to him. So what he's doing here is he's trying to undercut um, Christ. He's trying to say that Christ was a follower of John. I'll get in. He'll actually say that here in a minute. Um, it wasn't as important uh, that this Reformation movement started before Jesus, and um, he was just, he became a part of it. He joined it, and then after being baptized and all this other stuff, he ended up becoming the, the lead part of it, um, which is uh, disingenuous. Anyway, I'll read it again. Jesus joined the following of John the Baptist, which is why John baptized him. Then Jesus became the central figure in a Reformation movement within Judaism that had already started even prior to John. It was an apocalyptic Jewish movement that tied into the messianic prophecies. Jesus was a disciple of John, a counterpart in the same revolution, and showed solidarity with John through the baptism. The act of baptism is an initiation into a belief system or following. Jesus sought out baptism because he, at least, agreed with John's teachings. The movement eventually became about him once Christianity was established as a separate religion. Since Jesus joined, joined John's movement in being baptized, then that shows the movement had already started without Jesus. Um, I'll talk about that here in a minute, a theologian's rebuttal. No, it isn't. Baptism was a purification rite. For John, it was a baptism of repentance and anticipation of the Messiah. Jesus was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. Exactly. The thing about it is, Jesus is God. Jesus chose a certain way in which he wanted to... Um, um, save us from ourselves, basically, by suffering, uh, by coming down, by proving who he is, 
um, by making himself righteous as in being fully man and fully God and um, the in, in choosing the pathway in which he would be led uh, to having us, uh, our sins, ultimately kill him and then him uh, crushing death and crushing sin for us to save us. Um, that all being said, it was his plan to pick John uh, to start baptizing. And then, uh, as a part of the plan, to have John baptize him. Uh, John mentions numerous times, and as does the prophecy, that uh, one will come uh, and make straight his path, make straight the Lord's path. Oh, fuck, what was the rest of that? Make straight his path, and um, he will be one uh, crying aloud in the desert to make straight the, the ways of the Lord. Um, so basically, uh, no, this didn't start before Jesus. This was a prophecy. Um, God, uh, God, first off, prophesied about it, about it, used John as a part of that prophecy, and the fulfillment came when John... Uh, baptized Jesus. In fact, when Jesus came, and this is why I asked the guy numerous times, have you not read the fucking New Testament? Because when Jesus came to John, John said to him, I shouldn't be baptizing you, you should be baptizing me. And Jesus said, no, you need to baptize me to fulfill all righteousness. Uh, so this guy doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. Uh, argue 25. Argument 25. There's only 30. Fucking A, bro. We're almost done. Uh, and what are we, halfway through? Son of a bitch. 34 minutes. Um, do, 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 do. Argument 25. Biblical scholars like uh, Eliane Pagels, Shelby Sprong, Marcus Borg, and Bart Ehrman, these are guys that, uh, uh, excuse me, that he has been studying. This is, this is why he is the way that he is. These fucking retards, these four people, Elaine Pagels, Shelby Sprong, Marcus Borg, Bart Ehrman, check them out for yourselves. These assholes are the, the, people that came up with all these dumbass arguments that he's trying um, to make against against the divinity of Christ. Uh, th these are the scholars that he likes to use. I'm sure he's got a couple of other ones, but uh, they're all, they're, their arguments are just horseshit. Um, anywho, he says all of those people and many, many more, not many, many more, um, many, many more agree that the nun Sorry, agree that none of the Gospels were written by any of the apostles. Ooh, fucking people, 2,000 years later, all of a sudden would come up with that when nobody was saying that shit for the first 1,700 years after Christ's death. Um, uh, agree that none of the Gospels were written by any of the apostles, and none of the extra-biblical writings about Jesus or the way spoke of Jesus' divinity. Scholars have been discussing these things since the 1800s. Ooh, 1,800 years later. Fucking yeah, I bet you have an insight. Christians, uh, Christians today are taking the word of authors who didn't actually witness the events surrounding the resurrection. Theologians suspected they didn't for decades. I mean, he's adding to how ridiculous he sounds. In those days, ancient times, it was common practice attaching an authoritative figure's name to a written work to lend credibility. This is total assumption, which is what the four canonical books are. Biblical scholars have offered evidence that suggests this is the case, even though he doesn't offer it, and it was my job to tell him to give it to me. These are not just fringe beliefs among scholars. It absolutely is. 
Um, actually, theologian says uh, a different rebuttal. Fine. And we can cite... Tw- oh, that's what he was saying. And we can cite twice as many non-fringe scholars who say the opposite. And yes, it is fringe. Brant Peters' work blows this point out of the water and completely debunks it. So, uh, uh, Petre, Brant, B-R-A-N-T, Petre, P-I-T-R-E, P-I-T-R-E. Um, he's the guy that he keeps using as a reference um, often. I would argue he's probably quite, quite trustworthy. Argument 26. We don't have any of the original manuscripts for any Christian writings. As historical and critical scholarship improved with better methods, biblical scholars started noticing inconsistencies within the scriptures, contradictions, uh, that things didn't add up, evidence that translates, uh, that translations had been changed and manipulated over the centuries in the ways previously stated to align with beliefs which begs the question why. This process is what caused many to arrive at the conclusion that the apostles didn't actually write the books attributed to them. Oh, so he does provide a little bit of stupid reason. Um, didn't actually write the books attributed to them. If that's the case, then we must consider the possibility that there were agendas behind the writings. The church has worked hard to deny and disprove them. Um, all of this stuff... Uh, okay, so let me stop there. The church has worked hard to deny and disprove them. Um, okay, well, what he's not taking into consideration is the church being true, these things being true. He's he's coming from an angle of skepticism, of complete skepticism without... And by the way, this is um, uh, confirmation bias, I think, uh, where he already has a presumption, which is a presupposition. He already has an idea. And now he's only going to supply... Um, he's only going to supply that idea. He's only going to look for stuff that is going to confirm. He's got a bias for this answer, and he's only going to look for stuff that's going to confirm that. Um or at least these people, these people that he's used uh, to study. And he's not looking at the other side of it, which is, okay, what would you expect? Say me, okay? I've never killed anyone. Um, but you you could come from an angle of constantly trying to say, well, oh, well, he has, and here's this, and here's this. I don't think I'm making a good argument right now. My brain can't think. The churches work hard to deny and disprove them. What was I going on there? I lost my fucking train of thought. Yes, apparently that can even happen while I'm sitting here at a desk. Ah, the church has worked hard to deny and disprove... Oh, drink, by the way. The church has, dis- uh, has worked hard to deny and disprove them. Uh, yeah, so he's... Uh, again, he's... Well, if they're right, of course they're going to deny and disprove them. If they're right, which they are, um, why would they allow for people to come up with lies? That's the point that I was making. Jesus, I can't think... All of this stuff, discovered through historical and literary criticism, I don't see why that matters, uh, has been taught in all major theological seminaries in the most prominent colleges and universities around the world for decades, but you won't hear it taught to laypersons in church for fear that their parishioners would reject the church's teachings. Evangelical schools stick to the dogma and ignore historical criticisms. Well, my, 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 haven't we got down to it, huh? Now he's going to use academia. Well, what have I been talking about? What you know damn well academia is all about. They are anti-Christian to and fucking through. And by the way, he did tell me some of these schools, uh, they're not Christian. Uh, some of them are. There's a few that are. Um, 
there's plenty of others that are fucking completely liberal, including a couple of these Christian ones. Take uh, DePaul University. DePaul University, if you didn't know, uh, wouldn't let, let's see, certainly wouldn't let Ben Shapiro step on grounds to speak. Um, they have been pulled, uh, Milo Yiannopoulos talks about this, they are the the number one um, institution in the in the world uh, that has the highest problems with priests having to be pulled into the Vatican and asked about their constant liberal teachings because it's anti it's anti Christian it's anti and it's against the church. So this idea that all of a sudden he's backing it up this is what a typical liberal does is uh, they oh well the university well the college the the experts, the experts. And it's like, well, dude, if they already have a bias against it in the fucking first place, uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't shock me that they're looking, they're doing the same fucking thing. This idea that experts and, and people who've spent 10,000 hours doing things um, are all of a sudden ascend into a different type of a being or a different kind of mindset in which they, they don't have biases as well is absolute bullshit. Um, yes, it, this is confirmation bias. Uh, theologian's argument, or rebuttal. If you know the material, you know it is silly and goes way beyond the evidence, and much of what he says is out of ignorance. I have to agree. Erdman works have been debunked. They have. I've checked that out. You can check it out yourself. Christians have always recognized difficulties in the Old Testament New Testament, of course. So um, I'll point out that in the four canonical books, they're all different. Um, two of them have the nativity storyline, uh, to, it, each one has similar storylines to others. Um, as I read about the Lord of the Sabbath, they almost all sound the same. Um, but there's a little difference there and that's important. Ask any detective. This is actually an age old argument, um, for the, the, uh, books. By the way, he, now he's attacking um, the Bible itself. No longer is he sticking on the point of, well, the Bible doesn't say that Jesus is God. Now he's going back to say, well, the Bible is bunk anyway. That's what he's trying to point. Well, that's what he's trying to do here because his argument has been so um, uh, refuted and broke apart that now he's resorting to um, to shitty arguments. Basically, uh, where was I going with that? Oh, uh, the age-old argument is. If you were to ask a detective about four sources um, and if they're telling the truth or not, he would then come back to tell you that if they all have the same exact story, they're telling a lie. Because they went back, they've manufactured a story, and they've all stuck to it. However, when you have four sources, four eyewitnesses, who tell similar stories, but that some parts are a little different than the others, then that's generally something that you can... Um, bet they're telling the truth on. Not only that, if all four of the books were telling the same exact story, why would you need four of them? Why wouldn't you just have one? Make sense? Uh, to go on, theologian says, of course, the Old Testament difficulties uh, doesn't fit this guy's agenda. However, difficulties are to be expected in eyewitness testimony, and the fact that everything was standardized and uniform shows that there wasn't collusion or a big brother church changing things. After all, if they were willing to put their own agenda in the pages, why did they leave so much material for this guy to appeal to? He can't have it both ways. I have to agree. Excellent rebuttal. 
Argument 27. You cannot use the Bible to prove the Bible, so anything from the Bible cannot be used as reference. It would be one-sided testimony. This is such a weak fucking argument, and this is what atheists, uh, at least the bad ones, the New Age atheist assholes, have been doing for years. These assholes constantly want to try to not... They want you to play to their rules and on their, their playing field. They don't want you to be able to use the Bible at all. Anywho. Um, theologian argues, uh, rebuts, uh, we aren't using the Bible to prove the Bible. We are using the Bible as historical documents to determine the words and claims of Christ and also the belief of the earliest followers. All of this points to Christ's divinity. And again, that's the point. The guy is getting off of the argument, Richard, Richard, he's fucking getting off of the argument at hand, and now he's trying to undermine everything because he can't stay on point. How much more time have I got? 45 minutes, I can do this. Three more arguments. Argument 28. For the age-old argument, C.S. Lewis, see, we've got C.S. Lewis. For the age-old argument, C.S. Lewis, that the first followers of Christ were persecuted, martyred for what they believed, being that they saw Jesus after he was crucified and everything else that it, that everything else they claimed, the real persecution, I'm sorry, the real persecutions didn't start until years after Jesus' execution, once Christianity grew enough to attract the attention of Rome. Uh, uh, theologians are uh, debunk. Uh, that's that's interesting. The Acts rec- that's interesting. The Acts the Acts of the Apostles records persecution and executions way before Rome became aware of Christianity. And I don't have anything to add. That's exactly right. Uh, Richard argument: If persecutions associated with the Romans started with them, the Jews could have killed Jesus themselves instead of appealing to Rome to do it for them. Uh, theologian um, rebuts, the Jews did not have authority to execute capital punishment. It had to be done by the Romans. Um, uh, Richard, uh, the martyrdom stories aren't in scripture. Uh, theologian, St. Stephen's is, and I think it was safe to infer from the story that he wasn't alone. Uh, there's plenty of extra-biblical writings of what happened to the um, to the remaining ten. And yes, St. Stephen's is uh, mentioned in the Bible. Um, the remaining ten aren't. Um, but yes, there are extra-biblical writings of what happened. Uh, extra-biblical, non-Christian writings. I can't think of them right now. I think one of them is, in fact, uh, Tacitus. Another one is the Talmud. Um, in which the Jews, uh, the Jews uh, read and use the Torah, which is the Old Testament, the Talmud, and the Kabbalah. Um, uh, Martin, uh, uh, Richard, they were written later by those who adopted the pro-divinity view to add credibility to these claims. How can anyone propose to prove events not accounted for in Scripture without using Scripture? So now I can't use the Bible? What the fuck, dude? Like he see, he's trying to have it. This is this is where it always goes when I debate somebody who um, is tends to be an asshole. I'm not saying all atheists are. In fact, there's quite a few atheists that I like quite a bit. Same with agnostics, but with the asshole ones, or especially, and this happens with Christians too. When when I'm not saying that I'm not guilty of this, where your argument, you you don't have the information, and you start fucking up your own argument. And you start undermining yourself and you start trying to think of any fringe other argument that you can to add credibility to what you are doing or at least take credibility away from your opponent. This is what he's doing. At first now, well, you can't use the Bible and now you can only use the Bible. Um, he's, he's contradicting himself. Anyway, 
Theologian argues, wrong. The Gospels were written very early, as he is right, as was much of Paul. Prior to A.D. 70, um, prior to AD 70 they, were, they were persecuted first by the Jews, then the Romans. The eleven apostles were all martyred, and none of them recanted their testimony. Um, I actually have to disagree with him on this one. Uh, John, it was never absolute. I don't. I, I can't think of any extra biblical. Um, certainly no biblical, but any extra biblical um, writings, Christian or non-Christian, of his death. So I, I think the belief is is that John died of an old of uh, of a uh, of old age. Argument twenty nine. Even with C.S. Lewis's three L's, Lord Lunatic Liar, he fails to consider another option, legend. Some suggest Jesus was was, uh, fictional. Lewis wrote about what others had to say about Jesus, not about what Jesus recorded himself. Oh my God, this is the the zeitgeist movie bullshit. Um, This is Madame Blavatsky. This is uh, Jordan Maxwell. This is... um, I don't know if it was Aleister Crowley, but it's a lot of the New Age shit. It's fucking Bill Maher. It's Sam Harris. Uh, these assholes are the ones. Uh, Christopher Hitchens, who try to suggest that all of a sudden now, you know, within the last 200 years, we, um, uh, we, we have found something that suggests that Jesus was fictional, uh, that he was fictional. Never. It never happened. No one ever said that. Uh, the earliest writings, um, non, non-Christian, extra-biblical writings of Jesus, uh, none of them say that he didn't exist. Not a one of them. Not Josephus, not the Talmud, no one. And if anybody could have benefited the most, it would have been Jews. And you would have seen it in the Talmud. You would have seen it with, um, with many of Jewish writers back in the day. And it would have been yelled from the rooftops that he never existed and that never, ever happened. Uh, theologian's argument. Now he's a legend. There are several good books that show that we are dealing with very early and authentic material as well as the Ipsium Vox of Christ, if not the uh, Ipsism Verba. I don't know what he means by all that. I didn't understand that when I read it. But maybe you do. Argument 30. It's the absolute certainty... Okay, hold on real quick. All right, nine minutes. It's the absolute certainty of fundamentalist adherents who don't dare question dogma and tradition that too often leads to a rigid and uncompromising approach to historical criticism of scripture and undermines the truth and brings all the progress to a grinding halt and certainly does not make for proof. You mean you, Richard? How in the fuck would somebody take me as somebody who doesn't question? I have tried arguing... But, well, maybe in this, I've been a little bit more biased, or at least making arguments that are, are far more biased. Um, but I think you can probably tell that I'm not somebody who just um, listens and, and takes what the first person tells me and goes with that, and then puts my fucking fingers in my ears and goes, la, la, la. Um, I tend to want to know what the truth is. That's what I want. As I've told you before, I reverted back to atheism, thanks to the Zeitgeist movie and their bullshit. Um, because I believe in the truth, and I believe that that is the most important thing to do. So this idea, like, he's just, it's, it's, that's a, such a broad stroke against all Christians. Oh, well, they're all just horrible fundamentalists. None of them can think out. And this is another um, st- uh, trope, stereotypical, uh, stereotypical trope 
of Christians is that they can't think outside of Christianity. They can't put their beliefs aside for a minute and think um, secularly. It's such a load of shit. That's, that's, from what I've seen, it's not all Christians, but that's what most Christians have to do all the time. Um, because when we enter debates, that's just what I've seen in my own personal opinion. It's not all the time. There's a few that haven't. There's a dude that debated, uh, Christopher Hitchens. That was awesome. Nice Irish guy. He was a Catholic and, uh, and he didn't give a shit and went right at him. Um, however, on average, the majority of Christians that I've seen do that all the time. Anyway, theologian's argument, not at all. Criticism of historical criticism itself has revealed many deficiencies uh, with that approach, and new and more balanced approaches have been proposed to replace it. Quite frankly, historic criticism is a tool that can reinterpret Scripture in any direction the historic critic wants. The HC that this person appeals to is quickly becoming a thing of the past. Well, thank you, theologian, for, for putting that to bed. That are, those are the 30 arguments of Richard. Um, in my exhausting debate with him. Um, I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, overall, yes. Uh, although Christ, and I'll admit it, does not say verbatim, I am God, uh, he says it in many different ways. And not only that, there's a many different people who say it themselves. Uh, you can find it, um, it, the arguments that the, the Gospels weren't, written by who say they were written or they were written in certain ways and all this other shit is bunk. Um, it absolutely does point to Christ being God in every one of the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Um, it's not, uh, it, it, it doesn't have to be a show of evolution because it shows it um, from the beginning that, that Christ was God. Um Again, Matthew 2.11, that's the nativity story. It shows from the very fucking beginning that Jesus was God. It says it throughout the rest of the New Testament, in the, in the uh, <clears throat> excuse me, in Acts, in the letters, in uh, Revelations. The end result in this is that Richard and this group of crit critics and anti-divinity people, or whatever you want to call them, are wrong. Um, and I think I've done a, a fairly valid job of proving that here. So I hope you enjoyed all of that. Uh, let's see. Christ was worshipped. He admitted he was the Lord of the Sabbath. Um, some other the stuff that I said that I can't think of right now. Uh, John and John and John. Don't, 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 again, don't do that. Don't, don't allow somebody else to make up the rules and then you have to play on their side. Uh, John, the, the gospel according to John, says plainly that um, the Word was with God, the Word is God. And he's talking about Christ. He points out verbatim, specifically, Christ is God. Um, so, that's that. Hope you enjoyed this. Uh, I hope it lived up to uh, the... Oh God, I can't even think. What? Not reputation. See, I've, I'm I'm at my limit now. <laughs> um. Anyway, be accountable. Be responsible. Don't be a liberal.